Welcome to the podcast series, Interest Rates with Mates, with Colin, Todd, Sean, and Cass. Good morning, everyone. A wet weekend that we had. Very, just very kept wet. on coming, didn't it? <coughs> Hands opened up. I did. Happy Mother's Day for all the mothers uh, yesterday. Cass, happy Mother's Day to you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I got spoiled by my boys. Good. Good. We're going to be doing uh, most frequently asked questions, so a bit of a Q&A with the brokers. So more often than not, we get asked in client meetings, uh, people that ring up and say, hey, what's X, Y, and Z? And we thought, well, let's put it into a podcast. So got about 15 questions that we're going to cover off today. Um, so we'll start off with number one. Who is on our panel of lenders? So we are um, aggregated through loan market. Uh, Colin, what do you reckon? How many lenders have we got? Uh, well, we'd have at least 55 lenders now. Um, you've got your big four banks uh, on our on our lender panel. You've also got... Uh, what we call our non-bank lenders or our second-tier lenders, um, and then you've got non-conforming lenders as well that that lend to uh, more specialised scenarios, so defaults, bankruptcies, uh, things like that. So, um, but there's all, yeah, there's a vast variety of different lenders uh, on our panel, and that's always uh, changing as well. Yeah, it's good to have lots of options as well because we've probably nearly used all 55 lenders on our panel as well. Time to time, yeah. Very close to it. <laughs> yes. Uh, number two, what information do I need for an application? Lots. <laughs> <laughs> Anyone want to break it down? Yeah, okay. So I'll go, I'll go with that one. Um, so obviously ID is the big thing. Um, one of the key things, I guess, that we see with ID is change of name. So sometimes we need a little bit more info when it comes to ID. Uh, income, generally that will be payslips if you're PAYG, um, income statements, and obviously self-employed is financials. So we usually use a couple of years of financials. Um, and then I guess the other thing is if we're looking at alt doc products, then we'd be looking at a self-declaration, um, things like that. Uh, bank statements would be another one that we'd need. Um, what else have we got? I think that's rates notices, yep. contracts of sale. Yep. I guess bank statements is a big thing, isn't it? Like it's always challenging to get the, the correct statement in the correct format in the, with the correct timeline. Um, and I know that's something that, our clients do struggle with, even myself struggle with, you know, if, if you go to the internet banking platform, everyone's different. You can do a search um, for a transaction listing, but it'll generate in an Excel spreadsheet or something, which is obviously editable. So the banks won't accept that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's probably important to note that we do pay for a service called bankstatements.com. Um, it's a service we pay for. It's fully bank encrypted. So it is safe. Um, and we send a link out to all our customers and they can just, basically log into internet banking and send us six months of bank statements in the correct format that we need. Um, now, we don't always send that whole six months off to the bank. We go through it, we have a look, we only send the bare minimum as to what we need to meet our compliance requirements. Um, but yeah, that bank statement link is very important and saves the client as well as ourselves a lot of time. Um, and that is always the biggest hurdle trying to get those bank statements, I feel. So. Yeah. And I think the key there is a lot of people are a little bit unsure about using that bank statement link. And as we all know, it's actually much more secure to use that than it is to email because emails are more likely to be intercepted. So mm. as far as a secure facility, it's much better to go through bank statements. That's a great point. Good yep. point. What is an interest rate? That's a tough one. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> you want to hope we know how to answer that one. <laughs> so, Todd, you can have that. <laughs> uh, yeah, I guess like an interest rate, it's, it's just the, um, the rate at which the bank charges you for lending the money. Like if I was to lend some money to Sean, if I lent you $100 and I said, you know what, Sean, I'm going to charge you 10%. Per annum, obviously you have, to, you have to pay me back <laughs> an extra ten dollars of interest every year yep. um, that you have that sort of thing, and obviously that can compound as well. If I'm charging it monthly, breaking it down, charging it monthly, um, obviously there's a compounding effect there. Um, but yeah, it's basically just the fee in which the bank charges you for lending that money. Good. Sums it up. Is that, is, yeah, no, is yeah, that is right? No, 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 it's hundred percent correct, and it's probably important to, uh, to note as well. Like with an interest rate. At the moment, especially over the last 12 months, um, if you can throw a net over the, say, the top 10 lenders, uh, you'll see a variance of up to 0.4% at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that just gives you the, you know, the importance of why uh, interest rates are important Definitely. to discuss with your broker. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what fees are attached to getting a loan? So this is probably quite a common question. Um, and there are some fees that can be hidden or that, you know, not necessarily well advertised, um, but you've generally got your application fee. Um, some lenders don't actually don't require or don't charge application fees, so that's what we'll go through in the client meeting. You've got your mortgage registration fee, so that's pretty much mandatory uh, for government charge. I think Queensland's about 208. Um, yep. You've got your annual fees, so to uh, you've got your basic product, and then you've got your... Um, Package, package product. product. Yep. The so package product generally nine times out of ten does attract a annual fee, um, but the basic product generally doesn't. So that's what we go through as well. And then you've got a discharge fee. So if you're looking to refinance or you sell your home, those discharge fees roughly about three hundred and fifty dollars. But yeah, there are some a few fees. Yeah. Uh, through. Uh, I think it's just important with the listeners too with. And just to break down those package products just quickly. So uh, we might actually do another episode on, on basic versus package. Yeah. Uh, so this is understand the sort of differences yeah. and why they would pay a fee. But, but yeah. Yep. But, yeah, with a package, you basically get a free credit card and an offset account, and the basic product is just, yeah, free redraw sort of thing. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Just to keep it simple. And obviously, yeah, with the package, you can also – it can vary from you know eight dollars a month, ten dollars a mm. month, or it can go up to three hundred ninety-five dollars a right. year. So that varies from lender to lender as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, probably a, a very common question is how do brokers get paid? Yeah, I like this one. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Did you want to start us off then? <laughs> oh sure. Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so how do brokers get paid? Um, so basically, we get paid a commission from the bank. Um, all these commissions are pretty much set at the same rate. It's you know it, it's pretty well standard across the board. Um, we get a upfront fee, and then we get a deferred commission. So um, it's 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 commonly known as a trail commission, but I, I like to see it as a deferred payment because I do know that many many years ago um, brokers did get paid a larger upfront fee with no trail, and then they decided to break that down to sort of incentivize brokers to provide that ongoing service to their clients, doing rate reviews, things like that, just making sure that that client's um, interest rate remains low for the longer term. Um, so I think it's I think it's very good to point out that, that is just a deferred payment, a deferred payment of the upfront, um, but commonly known as a trail payment. Um, basically, we can go through the whole application process, um, pre-approval, all that, not get paid a cent. We only get paid upon settlement of that loan. So if we've got clients that are doing pre-approval, not finding anything, go quiet, come back to us in six months' time, another pre-approval, then eventually buy, we only get paid at the very end. Um, 
Just while we're talking about commission, I will also just note about the whole clawback thing. Um, so there is a fee called a clawback fee, or there is a policy called clawback policy, whereby um, if the client refinances or sells their property and basically pays out that loan within the first two years, we, we will get clawed back um, up to 100% of our commission. Um, now, look, that that policy is there for good reason. It's obviously to stop brokers churning loans or placing clients um, with banks that don't really suit their particular needs. Um, but obviously, as as part of that Royal Commission a few years ago, brokers are now um, basically required by law to act in, in the best interest of, of their clients. Um, obviously, we always did, but um, obviously the Royal Commission had a few – it sort of uncovered uncovered a few practices where, where certain people weren't. Um, so, yeah, the, the, the clawback policy is there for good reason, um, but I think it's just good to, to make it aware to our listeners that we are, by law – required to act in the client's best interest. So. Yeah, and some broker absolutely. firms will charge an upfront fee as well. So if that application goes to a formal, that's when that charge is actually uh, charged to the customer. Um, we don't do that though. No, and, and you do have to be careful too because there are businesses that will, um, in their contracts, state that the client has to pay that clawback mm-hmm. uh, as well. We've yes. had uh, clients in the past that have actually been um, chased for that, for that clawback uh, commission that had to be paid back. From the client, mm. so it's just important just to be to be across. I don't believe in that practice, to be mm. honest with you, but um, but it is out there. I don't Life think it's allowed changes. now yeah. after the Royal Commission. They're not allowed to oh, chase so people. Business are still doing it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. So, but I agree with you. I don't think they can do it. So. Yeah. Uh, what is an average timeline of an application? So, purchase refinance. Oh, look. <laughs> I mean, I, I'll take that one if you like. Yeah, so. go for it. Um, look, I mean, generally uh, for a purchase, uh, fourteen days would be a good finance clause to have at the moment. Most of the lenders that we use. Uh, we are in the fast lane just based on our volume and reputation, which is good. Um, look, I mean, if a customer's pre-approved, and we're very big advocates for pre-approvals uh, as well with our customers, then signing a contract, seven-day finance clause, in most cases would be fine as long as we get that contract straight away, fully signed. Um, valuations are, are ordered uh, on properties that are purchased as well. Uh, now, a lot of banks now do desktop valuations, so they don't even send the valuers out to the property um, but look, as I said, 14 days worst case for finance uh, on a purchase. If you're looking at doing a refinance, generally they take between seven and 14 days for approval as well. Yep. Um, can I get a pre-approval and how long does it last for? Um, absolutely. So we can do pre-approvals. It lasts for, with most lenders, it lasts for 90 days or three months roughly. Um uh, we can also sometimes if it's just outside that period, we might be able to just provide another payslip and they'll just reignite that one as well. Um, and that also applies for any of the guarantee scheme places as well. It's just a note, as, and some lenders will actually hold the assessment rate for those ninety Correct. days as well. Yeah, but point, some, yeah. Lender, some lenders some lenders won't. Don't. Yeah. So you know, it's it's literally just goes through a robotic system where all the details are entered and then it spits out a piece of paper to say pre-approved. Yeah, um, but that's not necessarily, you know, a good thing because when yeah. it, we sign a contract of sale and the application goes through a human, you know, they they might pick up a few things. So mm. it's always good to double check if it's a fully assessed pre-approval. That's yeah. right. And I think that's the key clients, with working with a broker. Yeah, many clients have approached their bank and thought they were pre-approved and then actually gone to auction and then they weren't even, <laughs> mm. uh, yeah, they weren't even that far down the track to be honest with you. It's just a system pre-approval that never went anywhere so it's just good just to check that i think it's also important to note that some banks don't even do pre-approvals they won't accept pre-approvals um as well as you know there are some brokers out there who just are too busy and and don't advocate for pre-approvals whereas we're the opposite we we definitely recommend pre-approvals um mainly because it yeah 
It allows a client to know exactly where the goalposts are, but it also allows a client to go into a contract with much better conditions, um, puts a, the negotiating power back onto them. Um, you know, seven-day finance, as we said, mm-hmm. most valuations are getting done digitally. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yeah, we're big advocates for pre-approvals. Are there any penalties for paying off my mortgage off before the loan term ends? No. there. Well, I mean, I think you mentioned before there's a discharge fee, which yes. is more like an admin fee, I suppose, for the bank to attend settlement to pay out that loan um, or, or to assist in the payout of that loan. There used to be many, many years ago deferred establishment fees where year one you'd pay a fee, year two would be a lesser fee, all the way through to year four or year five, and then it phased out altogether. Um, there was a government inquiry into that many, many years ago which abolished the practice around uh, banks doing that. Um, so now these days, really, it's just a discharge fee. Uh, unless you are on a fixed rate loan, then there could be um, what they call an early repayment adjustment fee. I won't go into a lot of detail here on this uh, podcast, but that's uh, something to check with. Um, yeah, with I guess in well. simple terms, like if it's a variable rate, no, you can basically, it's totally flexible, pay it as quickly as yep. you like without penalty, other than the 395 or 350 discharge fee. Yep. But with fixed rates, yeah, there can be break fees. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what is a comparison rate that I see on TV? Oh. <laughs> okay, so the comparison rate. <laughs> the little writing down, down, down the bottom, the, that's down right. The so I guess the, the comparison rate really just shows you, gives you a comparison of a loan over a 25-year period. Um, the thing to note is that it's actually based on a $150,000 loan. So when you're looking at that comparison rate, it really doesn't – it doesn't give you a true guide as to what your facility is going to cost over the period of time. And that can vary due to uh, how quickly you pay off the loan, um, if you the, with the interest rates in, in, increasing or decreasing. So there's a lot of variables that come into that comparison rate. Um, yeah, I, I don't read a lot into the comparison no. rate. Uh, it's, it's purely just a guide. It's funny, the government also had an inquiry into that uh, many years ago now, and there's no requirement there now for the banks to actually show the comparison, comparison. rate, mm. but they still do. Mm. Yeah. And, and it is a question that we get asked all the time around what does this rate mean mm. compared to the rate I'm paying back. So it's good to cover this off. Especially yeah. with fixed rates. Like it's totally irrelevant because the bank is offering you a, a certain fixed rate for two years and after that two years you're not going to allow it to roll back onto the standard variable. You, you're always going to review, yeah. reassess. It's going to be much higher. So, yeah. you know, that rate's always changing. If you're looking mm. at a two-year fixed rate, um, the comparison on rate on that might be – 7% or something because it's accounting for that revert rate mm. for the next 23 years. That's right. That rate. Yeah, it's only, I actually read um, uh, a number of weeks ago now, but um, over the course of 30 years having your mortgage, your rate can change by up to 11% is what they said. And that's yeah. going back on history, obviously, it's yeah. changed, changed now, but, but that's what can happen over 30 years. But the average uh, age of a mortgage is only about four years or four to five years four or something, five isn't years, it? Because, yeah. because you refinance, you move, you mm. yeah. you're constantly changing. Yep. And I situation. guess that comparison rate also takes into account any annual fees, monthly account keeping mm. fees over yep. a 30-year term or 25-year term. Great. So again, yeah. it's um, yeah, not really that relevant. Um, what is a, a DTI, so debt-to-income ratio? So this is just something that happens – in our background, but we do get some questions when we go through the servicing uh, calculator with someone. They notice that little DTI up the top. Yeah. And so they ask, what is it? So DTI is debt to income ratio. Um, so it's the amount of income that your household is producing per month and it's the amount of expenses and debt that you have attached to that household and it's measuring you on a points-based system. Yep. 
by that. So most DTI at the moment, now that did change sort of in the past six months. It used to be a DTI of six. Uh, that's been gone up to about eight now. Uh, so it has relaxed a little bit, but it's just something to note when you do um, come in and have a look and what's a DTI? Mm-hmm. And so it's your debt to income ratio. Yeah. I think that's um, this bit of a regulated um, thing as well. Uh, I think you'll find, um, you know, with the government as well, there's a debt to income ratio. I think the bank's got a report on that now. So, yeah. Uh, do I get a better interest rate if I have a bigger deposit? Definitely. Absolutely. (laughs) Less risk to the bank. So, yeah, they'll give you a better interest rate. Um, And that's basically how it is, isn't it? Like if you've got – once you have a 20% deposit, that's when you qualify for better rates, decent rates in the market. But if you happen to have 30 40 50%, then we can do some pricing, negotiate, and, and the banks will actually fight for your business. So it's it's a low-risk transaction to the bank, so they'll give you the uh, better interest rate. Yeah, And that's yeah. not just related to actual cash deposit. It's actually related equity. to equity as yeah, well. Right. So, yeah. Absolutely. What are the average application assessment times? So once we lodge an application, how long? Within 24 to 48 hours, like for a lot of banks, um, for us, and again, like I said before, because of our volume and uh, our reputation, we do get in the fast lane with a lot of these lenders. So um, hence the reason why we can offer quicker timeframes with finance approvals, et cetera. So so generally, yeah, anywhere up to 48 hours. Some banks might be a touch longer, but um, um, our process is to update the client in here every two or three days so you know what's going on. And last but not least, what type of properties can be used for a mortgage? It's another hard one. I like this one because um, I like this one only because, like, when I'm talking to clients about getting pre-approved, I'm always like, if you're looking to go to auction, though, like, make sure you send me through a link to that property. Let's have a chat before Absolutely. you register because we might have you pre-approved for seven hundred thousand dollars, but it doesn't mean you can go buy three hundred acres of vacant land out the middle <laughs> That's of nowhere, right. That's right. and you can also get, not go buy an apartment in a resort. It's yeah, you know, right. only for holiday letting. So yeah. um, I think this is a really important question. Um, yeah, the, the banks do have different types of what they call acceptable security properties. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, they, they have postcode restrictions on certain areas, like certain mining areas, certain high-risk areas we need to be careful of. Um, so, yeah, just because the banks pre-approved you for a dollar amount doesn't mean you can just go buy anything. Very <laughs> true. Yeah, very true. Yeah. I actually had a question last week from a customer uh, around, do I need to send a copy of the pest and building report to a bank? Mm. Yeah, that's a good one too. Yeah, and I thought that's a, a good question, um, which the answer to that is generally not. Mm. Uh, I mean, I've, only, I've been doing this for 22 years and I've only ever had one bank ask for a pest and building report. Really? It was because of a, uh, uh, a comment in a valuation report regarding termites. Termites, yeah. I've had a similar one. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. so that's the only reason why, why they ask for it. Most mm. of the time that's... A building and pest report is more so just for the client's peace yep. of mind, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Good. So we've done, we've covered off quite a few questions today. <laughs> As always, if you've got more questions, please send them through. Um, I actually enjoyed today's episode. Yeah, yeah it was, was good. good. Yeah. I love answering questions. So it's <laughs> and these are nearly all of these are questions that we see in client interviews as well. So oh, we get these questions most weeks. So yeah. 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 Very good. Thank you for coming in, and we'll see you next week. Episode week. fifteen. Have a great week. Thank you for listening to this episode of our podcast. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we enjoyed creating it for you. If you have any feedback, questions, or suggestions for future topics, please don't hesitate to reach out to us. All of these episodes are available to download for free wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time, take care.